The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Uh, good to see you today. Take your Bibles with me. Let's turn them to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Uh, thinking about Brett's prayer request, I heard a story many years ago given by a missionary uh, concerning the Cold War era and the Ukraine. And, and um, the story goes that they were having a church service one evening and the door, back door of the building they were in flew open and in walked some communist soldiers armed and uh, they walked in and walked to the front of the building, pointed their guns and said, anyone who wants to deny this Christian faith can leave now. And uh, the story goes slowly one by one. Men and women began to, to leave the building until there was just a, a few people left who were determined not to, not to budge. And the story goes that the soldiers then laid down their guns, took off their coats and said, now let's have a service. And they sat down. <laughs> so you never know. Um, you know, it's easy for us in America to say, oh no, nobody's going to make me doubt my faith. No one's going to make me waver in my stance because we don't face that kind of persecution. I pray to God if that situation ever came up, I'd have the courage to stand for him. I do, I do pray that and I do hope that I would. But you know, it's, it's a problem. Peter once boasted, didn't he? Peter once said, Lord, though all men forsake you, I'll never forsake you. But before the night was out, he did. So you bet, we best be humble. We best be thankful that God has given us this opportunity to uh, live in a country where we do have the freedoms that we have. Though we're losing them one by one, we still do live in a place where we can worship God freely. But uh, be advised that if we don't start exercising our liberties and freedoms, we may lose them all. So as Americans, we have responsibilities to, to uphold the freedoms that we have and uh, don't take a position where we just sit on the sideline and say, oh, well, nothing I can do about it. Um, we, need to, we need to pray and we need to do all the things that we as Christians should do, must do, and uh, trust the Lord for the rest. But exercise your liberties. Exercise your liberties and uh, uh, preserve your freedoms for your generation and for your children's generation and your grandchildren's generation to come. So let's remember that. All right, so let's take our Bibles, go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter number 6. And let's look at verse number 14 together. We read here, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols, for ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, Come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, 
and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, the truth that we have just read. I pray that your Holy Spirit would strengthen us and would instruct us, would encourage us and, 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 and help us to, to do the things that you command us to do, that we would be separate, that we would, that we would not uh, align ourselves and ally ourselves to this world, but that we would be separate unto you, that we would give our hearts and, and our minds and all of our affection unto you. Thank you, Father, for this day. Bless those that are here, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, turn with me now to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, if you, if you view your study sheets, the first thing you're going to notice, I usually have a lot of scriptures. And today, actually, is probably a day where I, I'm going to use a lot more scripture than even usual, and I usually use a lot of scripture. But for some reason, the handout that I, I, I prepared and put on our sky drive, on our cl in the cloud, if you will, um, didn't show up here this morning, so I had to do an emergency outline for you, and it doesn't have any of the scriptures. So we're going to turn to a lot of scriptures today. I apologize, they're not there, so you can get a head start. But um, uh, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and let's look at verse number 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now look at verse 11. And such were some of you. I want to take a moment here and interject. We had better not forget who we were. One of the saddest things I find in Christianity is people begin to develop a holier-than-thou attitude. And people forget where they came from and what they were. And this causes a lack of appreciation to the Father for the grace that they've been given. It creates a haughty spirit, creates pride, creates arrogance. And we see this a lot in our Christian circles today. So we better remember, Paul said, such were some of you. You, you and I used to be on, in that list. So we better remember that. Let's read on. Um, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. He writes in verse 12, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Now I'm going to stop right there. Uh, you can read the rest of those scriptures later. But um, Paul made a very important statement there. Uh, I hope you caught it. He said, all things are lawful for me. Under the grace of God, I am not, there is no condemnation for me. Uh, I, can, I can rest assured today by, my, by the grace of God, by my salvation, that I am secure in Christ, 
that I'm secure in the Father, and I need not fear or worry about losing my salvation. All things are lawful for me. But he said all things are not expedient, or all things are not appropriate. Again, we have a generation of people today who, who um, take liberties because of the grace of God that they ought not take. Because though, though I come under condemnation for anything because of the, of, the, of the sacrifice of Christ on Calvary, I am brought under condemnation of no thing, I am placed under a greater law. A greater responsibility. I have the responsibility now to represent who? Jesus Christ. I was born again. And I have been recreated into the image of Christ. The spirit and nature of Christ dwells within me. And I am to be Christ-like in my life, in, my, in, in the way that I do things. Now, we're talking today about separation. And we read earlier, we're commanded to be separate, to come out from among the, the, the heathen, to come out from among the world and be separate. And I think it's important that we understand that that does not mean that we're better than the world. It does not mean that we are, are better than the people in the world. It simply means that we are to represent Christ in our life by the, by the way that we do the things that we do. I mean, Jesus himself um, was undefiled. He was holy and harmless. The scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 26, uh, referencing Jesus, it says, For such and high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. So Jesus was separate from sinners, according to the scripture, right? We, all, we can all concur with that, that Jesus was separate from the, the sinners of this world. But yet, he didn't treat them with disrespect or with with a, a sense of being better than them, did he? In fact, the Bible says he was a friend of sinners. In Luke chapter 7, verse 34, we read, The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and ye say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. Now, I want to make the, I want to make the, the contrast here. Jesus was a friend, or he was friendly, to everyone he met. But he was not a friend of the world. He became a, he became a friend to the people he encountered, even those that, that hated him, even those that crucified him. What did he say on the cross? Father, forgive them. Even as they were doing the most hideous, hateful things to him possible, he called out, forgive them. He was, a, he, he was a friend to the sinners, 
but not a friend of the world. We have to remember today, as God's children, I've, I've tried to remember over all the years to hate sin, but not sinners. When I raised my children, I, I instructed them in wrong things, in things that should not be done, in, in things that were wrong, but I tried to never say, don't you be like so-and-so, because so-and-so does bad things. I tried to never do that because I didn't want them to develop a hatred for people. I want them to hate sin. I want my grandchildren to hate sin. And when they do wrong, I want to correct them. And I want to instruct them that sin is wrong. But I never want them to develop a hatred for sinners. And this is where we have to be careful. We are to be separate from the world, its philosophies, and, 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 and its entrapments. And we are to not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. We shouldn't enter into marriages. We shouldn't enter into business transactions. We shouldn't associate. We shouldn't enter into binding agreements with people that are not of the faith. But you know, you have to work, right? I have to work. We have to work among people that are not saved. We have to work among sinners. We have to, we have to go to the market. And when, when I get to the store, I don't walk in and they say, all right, everyone who's not a Christian, get out of the store. We've got a Christian here. They don't do that. We associate with them. We interact with them on a daily basis, do we not? And if, we don't be, if we're not careful, we'll develop such, a, such an attitude that as Christians will become offensive to people of the world and thereby bringing a reproach to the name of our God. So we need, to, we need to understand we are called to be separate, but we're called to be separate in our own actions, in our own behaviors, in our, in our own daily lives. So with that in mind, I want to share some thoughts with you with the time that I have. Uh, hopefully we'll get through all of these. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, Paul says, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And it is no wonder why so many people condemn us as believers uh, when we consider how we behave at times. Paul said in Galatians chapter 5, But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. We must, we must behave with compassion toward all men. In Galatians chapter 6, Paul tells us, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, condemning, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man thinketh himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. So, we must be different than the world. We are called to be separate, but we are also obligated unto separation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, 
Paul states what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We've been purchased. I've been, I've been bought. Jesus shed his blood and purchased me, and I am obligated to him. My life is not my own. I do not have the right to do what I want to do. My life is, 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 a, is forfeit to Christ, and I am to, to walk according to his commandments, and I am to live my life according to his requirements and expectations. So what should we do? When we talk about being separate, Let me share some thoughts with you. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, Paul wrote to Timothy, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. I want to admonish us today to be, as Paul told Timothy, an example. The best way that we can be separate from the world (laughs) is to conduct our lives, and to be an example of being Christ-like in every way. So let me share with you this morning. Number one, be an example in word. Be an example in word. (laughs) Now, by this I must consider two possible implications by Paul when he said, be thou an example in word. The first one would be this, the Holy Scripture. We're to be an example in the word of God, in the Holy Scripture. All scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. We're to be an example in the word of God. We're to to know the word of God. We're to study the Bible. We're We're to contemplate upon the word of God and we are to... We are to make the word of God a part of our everyday life. A Christian should so bathe his his life in the Bible that throughout his day, as, as circumstances come up, his mind is drawn toward what? Toward scripture. How many of you have ever, ever experienced that? You're going through something during the day, and all of a sudden something comes up, and the first thing that comes to your mind is the word of God. Well, I hope it does for you, because I hope that you've studied the Bible adequately enough so that the Holy Spirit can, can draw the scriptures to your mind when you face those, those difficulties. I hope, that, I hope a scripture pops into your mind and not your favorite sitcom. We're to be an example in, in, in the Word of God. We're, we're to know the Bible. We're to study to show ourselves approved unto God, our workmen needeth not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. <laughs> we should spend at least as much time in the Bible as we do doing anything else in our daily life. So we're to be an example in the word, in the word being the Holy Scripture, but secondly, in the word being our manner of speech. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, Paul writes, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, 
but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. <laughs> we should be an example in, in how we communicate in, in our speech. You know, when I was a boy, we would sit at the dinner table, and if the conversation ever began to move in the direction of a person, my father would stop it right there. And he'd always say, we're not going to talk about people here. We're, we're not going to do that. And, and I was raised that way. Daddy always taught us, don't talk about people. Uh, we're not, our communication, the things we say, uh, the thoughts that we have, and, and, and by the way, we generally speak what we think, right? For the most part. And so our, our mind should be, should be such that we are looking to help and edify and build up and not tear down or destroy. And, and this is one of the ways that we're to separate. We're to separate from the world uh, by our, with our speech. And I'm not just talking about using bad language. We obviously shouldn't do that. But the things that we contemplate and, and discuss and talk about in our lives should be those things that, that edify, that, that are used to build up, not tear down. Because the world likes to tear things down. But Christ wants us to build things up. And we're to build up in our spirit. And we're to, we're to, we're to be an example in, in our communication with others. So we're to be an example in word. But secondly, we're to be an example in our walk. Now, of course, by this, we're talking about the manner in which we conduct our life. Um, Paul mentioned to Timothy that, that we were to be an example, he said, in word and in conversation. And that word conversation implies our manner of life or our walk. He says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. <laughs> now, we are called to be God's sons, be God's children. So we're to walk worthy of the Father. We're to conduct ourselves. We're to, we're to live our life in a way that, that brings honor to our Father. I think you all understand what I'm saying here. Um, my, my wife and I, we, we honor our parents. We love our parents. And, and we do things, I'm sure she would agree with this, we do things today... Because we desire to honor our, our fathers, our parents. There are certain ways in which we conduct ourselves. You know, there, there were certain things as, as, as my father's child I just wasn't allowed to do. And, and if I ever went to my dad and said, well, dad, everybody else is doing this. He would always say, well, you're not everybody else, are you? And we don't do those things. And he reminded me that I needed to honor his father and his father's father and his father's father's father. You know, that kind of attitude is really 
non-existent anymore in the young generation that we see today. They have no concern for the honor of their parents, for the honor of their grandparents. They do things that please their flesh, and they don't care what, what it does to their family name. Hmm? Am I wrong? And sometimes we as Christians forget that what we do attaches itself to our Heavenly Father. Do you know angels are watching you? Angels in heaven are observing our lives and when we do something that brings a reproach to the name of the Father, we do so in the presence of the angels. And we bring shame to the name of our Father in their sight. So we need to be serious about this. We need to be an example in our walk. Let me give you three thoughts on how we ought to walk. First, we're to walk circumspectly. Ephesians 5.15, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but at wise. Now the Greek word used for circumspectly is more directly translated as exact or precise. In other words, we're to, we're to walk precisely as God has instructed us to walk. This, this term circumspectly actually has a military implication. And as Paul was in Ephesus and speaking to, these, to these, uh, these, these Greeks and Romans in Ephesus, he was speaking to a lot of soldiers. And when he used the word circumspectly, the, he knew that they understood what he was talking about. It means with discipline. It means to walk carefully, to to go exactly as you are instructed to go. Not venturing off here or there, not being careless and, and, and unconcerned and not paying attention. You know, a soldier in a, in a war, <clears throat> in a battlefield, he's very, he looks very carefully at where he's going. He's very precise in his footsteps. If you're, if you're traversing through a minefield... Number one, you don't want to be the first guy in the front. Always rule of thumb. If you're about to go through a minefield, drift to the back of the crowd very slowly. And number two, you better pay attention to who's in front of you because if they step safely, you'll step safely too. And, and this, is the, this is the way we're to conduct our lives. Very seriously, very soberly, not carelessly, not flippantly, but carefully following in the footsteps of, of those that have gone before us and those that seek to, to help us and lead us in the right way. Walk circumspectly, but it also means to walk honestly. In Romans 13, in verse 13, Paul says, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. Listen. In my opinion, honesty is not the best policy. It's the only policy. We're to be honest. We're to be, we're to be forthcoming. We're to be, we're to be uh, open to, 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 to everyone we meet. We're to, be, we're to walk honestly. We're to conduct ourselves appropriately. Not deceptively, not deviously, not cheating and lying and stealing but walking honestly 
When people, when people see you as a child of God, there should be, there should be nothing they can throw that sticks on you. If someone comes to you and, and says something about me, I hope that I've walked honestly enough that people would say, no, no way, not, not Brother Abshar. And, and I want to be able to say that about all of you too. If someone comes to me and hurls an accusation your way, I want to be able to say, no, you're wrong about that. And, and that's the way we should conduct our lives. We should live our lives before men in honesty and, and being forthright in all things. Treating people with, with respect and, and, and with dignity and in fairness. Someone comes up to you and says, hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Say, no, and I don't want to. Just minding our own business. Don't you think, don't you think we have enough to worry about on our own without worrying about what everybody else has to? <laughs> I mean, really, seriously, think about it. I got, I, got, I got way enough to worry about myself without worrying about what someone else is doing. But, you know, as humans, we love to, we love, we love to gossip. We love to hear juicy stories. That's why people slow down on the highway when they see an accident. They're hoping to see something shocking. We, we, we have to be careful about that. Walk honestly. Thirdly, walk in love. Walk in love. Ephesians 5, 2. And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Walk in love. Now, I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying that we don't meet people that are difficult to love. Huh? You know what I'm talking about. I've, over the years, as, I've, as I taught so many students in our school, there were some students, they were really tough to love. They really were. Others were just real easy to love. Some were pretty tough. But we're just to love. We're to, we're to, we're to walk in love. We're to, we're to have respect unto one another, as I've said. And, and, and we're to, to um, treat one another with, with compassion. So we're to be an example in our walk. Thirdly, we're to be an example of love. I don't have time to turn to it and read it and... 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you can go there later and, and um, uh, or, I'm sorry, chapter 13, you can go there l- later and read about, about uh, the Bible's description of love. But I'll just share it with you real quickly, the, the blanks on your answer sheet. First of all, love is patient and kind. Love is patient and kind. And, and if, we, if we really love people, we're going to exhibit those two qualities, patience and kindness. Now... <clears throat> I'm preaching to myself here because um, typically throughout my life, I'm, I'm, I'm not known as the most patient guy. Okay? I'm really not, and I'll, I'll confess to that, so I've got to work at that a lot. Patience and kindness. You know, it's funny how when we mess up, we, we, want, we want people to be patient with us, but when someone else messes up, we fly off the handle right now. But we need to learn patience and kindness. Uh, being an example of love, secondly, is, is to be humble. Love is humble. Godly love is patient and kind, but it's also humble. It doesn't think of itself, uh, doesn't vaunt itself, the Bible says. It, it doesn't lift itself above 
everyone else. It, it does, you're not the most important person. And that's, that's where we a lot of times find ourselves. We, we feel like we're the most, it's all about me. I'm the most important person. I'm not happy. You know the, the little placards you see around, if mama's not happy, nobody's happy, and things like that. Don't look at your wife when I say that, right? you can get yourself in trouble. Just stare blankly at the wall and go, uh-huh. uh, Humility, humble. We're, 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 we're to have a, a good, healthy understanding of who and what we are. We're a sinner saved by grace. That's what we are. Nothing more than that. And if we ever start thinking we are anything more than that, we've... We're getting ourselves into treacherous grounds. Uh, thirdly, godly love is moral. It's moral. I'm, I'm amazed at the lack of morals that I see in this world today. Just no shame anymore. No, no, no shame whatsoever. But if we are, if we are going to be separate from the world, then we need to walk, we need to live our lives uh, with, with morality, with, with, with principles. And, and, and do the right things, because they're right to do. Not because it's convenient or easy, doing the right thing when it's hard to do. When, when nobody stands with you, but you still stand for Christ. And then, also, godly love is understanding. It's understanding. We need to to have wisdom. You know, if you pray for wisdom from God, he will give it to you. He will give you wisdom. And and you'll have understanding. and, And you'll comprehend the, 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 the correct way to, to live and, and the correct way to speak and the correct way to conduct yourself on your, in your daily life. See, folks, this is what it means to be separate. It doesn't, it doesn't mean to, to shun and avoid people. It doesn't mean to, to forsake and, 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 and give up things. What it means is to live a life that is alien to this world, to live a life that that honors and glorifies Christ to separate ourselves unto an existence that mirrors the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're to be separate from the, from the world. We're to be separate from the, from the, the practices of the world. And we're to, but we're, we're to live our lives as we live amongst unsaved people. We're to live our lives in such a manner that we become, the Bible says, peculiar people. People look at you and say, there's something different about that person. They don't, they don't behave like other people behave. They, they behave differently. And that's what we're to do. Quickly, moving along. I'll have time for one more. We'll have to come back to this lesson next time. Number four, be an example in your attitude. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. But a broken spirit drieth the bones. Attitudes are contagious. 
In Proverbs 27, 17, we read, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. You know, a good attitude spreads, but so does a bad attitude. You know, you know the old saying, one rotten apple will spoil the whole barrel? And that's true. If you have a bowl of fruit in your house and one of them goes bad, if you don't get rid of it, what's going to happen? It's going gonna, it's gonna to contaminate all the other fruits and they're all going to go bad. We're to be an example in our attitudes. You know what controls attitude? Two attributes. And these aren't on your study sheet. They're free. Uh, you didn't pay for this. Contentment and appreciation. That controls your attitude. You ought to write that down. Contentment and appreciation. When we get to a point in our life where we think we deserve more than God has seen to give us, we develop a bad attitude. Paul said, having therefore food and raiment, be content with such things as you have. He also told us to, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of the Father. Just learn to appreciate whatever God gives you, good or bad. You know, if God brings trouble into your life, then, then say, Father, thank you for your, your grace. Thank you for the mercy you've shown unto me. Give me, the, give me the courage and strength to face the trials I must face. And just learn to appreciate the Father and be content with what you've got. And I promise you, your attitudes will be right. All right, folks, that's all I have time for today. We'll finish it next time. And uh, thank you for being here, and you are dismissed. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronan Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www dot bbaptist dot org